Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant Dacus with you. No Brett Norsworthy today, but Johnny Hill with me uh, for the next couple of weeks with yeah. uh, with Brett out. Uh, we're having a lot of fun on a Wednesday. But joining us now to talk college basketball from CBB Central and Sports Illustrated, Kevin Sweeney joins us now. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. A lot of people really excited here in Memphis today after what the Tigers have done. They've gone back to back to back against top 25 teams, capping it off last night with a win at home against Virginia. Last time we talked to you was before they played Clemson over the weekend. What have you made of what Penny Hardaway's team has done over these last three games? Yeah, obviously incredibly impressive. Appreciate you guys having me as always. I think, you know, the thing that really stands out to me is they've shown the ability to win in different ways, right? You talk about three very different challenges. Texas A&M is going to pressure the ball. They're going to disrupt you athletically, uh, and they have a tremendous point guard who can beat you off the bounce. Clemson has elite skill. They have shooting. Um, they have two tremendous big guys. Uh, and then Virginia has defense, and they have yeah. you know, one of the best defend- individual defenders in the country, Ryan Dunn. Uh, overall, one of just the best defensive teams in the country with Reese Beekman and all those guys. And obviously, Tony Bennett is just a tremendous defensive coach. So, um, you know, to to pass three tests in that way, really impressive. Uh, And, you know, they've earned all the the credit that is about to come their way, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about this. This is a, and everyone wants a little bit more recognition. Mm -hmm. uh, And and I certainly think that 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 recognition is coming after after the stretch for, for the Tigers. As long as they take care of Vanderbilt on Saturday, which I, I want to ask you about Vanderbilt in a second, uh, where do you think they're they are at in the top twenty-five right now? Twenty-third in the AP poll. Where do you think they are on, on Monday when we wake up? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, these things the AP poll is so poorly done, it's mm-hmm. so so anchored in previous week's results, right? Like I would have said, Memphis was the top twenty team after last week. Virginia, certainly a, another bump, but yeah. because they started 23, I guess they'll be in the late teens. To me, mm. they, they should be top 15 on Monday. But yeah. uh, as you said, assuming they beat Vanderbilt. But I, I don't necessarily expect that to happen without a lot of other teams losing here in the next couple of days. Interesting, interesting. Uh, well, speaking of Vanderbilt, uh, they lose again last night um, to uh, Western Carolina. It's been a rough start to the season um, for Jerry Stackhouse. They're four and seven right now with losses against Presbyterian. Um, they lost uh, last night. They lost to San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Um, what do you make of, of this Vanderbilt team? They see uh, Memphis on Saturday here at FedEx Forum. Uh, what should the Tigers expect when playing Vanderbilt? And, and what do you make of of what Jerry Stackhouse's team has done this year. Yeah, really disappointing. And part of that's injuries. I mean, they, they, they didn't have Tyron Lawrence, their best player, in, yeah. on opening night. Um, they just lost Colin Smith. They're starting power forward for the year with an Achilles. Ben Allen Lubin, their starting big man, was out last night. Like, they've had, you know, a tremendous amount of player turnover that you wouldn't necessarily expect. But mm-hmm. it doesn't excuse some of these performances, right? Like, you can't be getting blown out the way they've gotten blown out. You can't you know, lose to Presbyterian. Like, there, yeah. there are certain games you just have to find a way to win. And, you know, I, I think we're going to start hearing pretty rapid talk about Jerry Stackhouse's future there. Wow. And they were competitive last year. I think he's done a good job of stabilizing after starting a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But when you haven't made an NCAA tournament, you haven't earned the leash to have a year like this one. And so, right. um, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see a turnaround coming with this group. It just has been really, really down in the dump so far. Obviously, they'll be hungry. It's a, you know, it's a somewhat regional game. It's a game that you're going to want to win if you're, mm-hmm. if you're Vandy, but. I don't. I don't think they're going to have much of a of a fighting chance against Memphis here this Saturday. Mm, well, it's so so tough for a, a team like Vanderbilt. I mean, you you mentioned it that push they made last year in the SEC, where they looked really impressive late in the season. They get into the NIT at the end of the year, and and you know play really well towards the end but you know I, I you don't think with you know them getting healthy that we could see something like that again this year I don't I don't think so I don't think they're as talented as they were last year I mean they lost some pretty key pieces in the portal yeah um you know got Lawrence back but lost Miles Studi starting in South Carolina Jordan Wright starting at LSU Trey Thomas even was playing 20 plus minutes a game he's at Bowling Green now like yeah. you know it's just it's just been it's just been an uneven uneven year roster wise for them and I think you know, I, I don't think they're as bad as they've played so far. Right. Uh, but I certainly don't think this team is, is postseason bound at the moment. Well, there were also some other interesting uh, results last night in college basketball. Uh, Providence and Marquette was one that when that Tigers game was over, I was watching pretty closely. Providence beats Marquette at home, sixth rank Marquette. And, and now Kim English, he is 10-2 and two, um, to start his career at Providence. What have you made of the job he's done? Maybe a guy that not a lot of people knew much about out in terms of a coach coming into Providence after spending the last couple of years at, uh, at George Mason. I, I loved watching those teams um, at George Mason, but what have you made of, of the job he has done um, to start the season at Providence? He's, he's been really good. And, you know, he was probably fortunate that the transfer rules, the way that they were, they had two guys sort of locked in, and mm. Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins, who yeah. had to come back because they had no other choice. But, he also did a great job of, of selling them on a vision of why they should be here. And particularly Carter has really improved. Carter's playing like an NBA player in the backcourt for them. And you know, he's just done a, a really nice job of stabilizing this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ed Cooley leaving, he was the program for, for over a decade. And, and it was going to be really hard to, to navigate that. But I think they still have a lot of that same identity, especially on their home court of like, it's just going to take everything to beat us. Right. Uh, they've got talented players. And I think Kim is also tried to put his stamp on it, especially defensively in terms of style of play. And it's been really impressive. So he's doing a great job. Obviously a young coach, a guy that I think a lot of people really believe will have a, a very bright future in this profession for a long time. Yeah. On the other side of the country last night, uh, UCLA loses to Cal State Northridge, um, a game that they trailed at one point by 19 points in the second half. And now UCLA, they're 5-5, five and five, um, which is their worst start since uh, 2000, the 2011-2012 uh, team. This is a young team. I, I loved after the game, Mick Cronin had this um, answer to a question about how he built his team, um, where he said, uh, we did what we could. Is your question, did we try to get older transfers? Absolutely. So did the Reds, but the Dodgers got them. I mean, what do you make of this team? Very young, just kind of a bunch of pieces put together, it seems like. But but what do you make of this UCLA team? And that's a, a crushing blow yesterday. I mean, they had not looked overly sharp lately, but you know, they had found a way to win the games they had to win yeah. uh, and had not embarrassed themselves in the games where they were facing you know, higher-level competition, Marquette. You know, they, they really had Marquette beat uh, mm-hmm. Gonzaga earlier in the year, Ohio State over the weekend. Like, they'd been in those games. And so to, to, to lay an egg like that against Northridge, I know they're improved, but still, that's a, that's a, that's a lowly program. That's a loss that's going to hurt them on, on Selection Sunday. Um, you know, on the comments front, like, look, I, I think what Mick's alluding to is, 
you know, some NIL concerns mm-hmm. at, at UCLA. UCLA you know, always been an interesting job in that, like, there's such high expectations, but always other stuff going on, right? right? Like, rich people can just as soon pay to sit courtside at the Lakers and watch LeBron or go to SoFi and watch, you know, the Rams when they're competitive or, you know, like, like the list goes on. There's so many things, both sports and not sports, in that town that attracts dollars. And mm-hmm. I, I just think they've had a they've had a harder time than you would expect a blue blood to have right. in, in attracting that NIL money. So they went international heavy, recruited a lot of freshmen, uh, talented kids, but guys who have not lived up to the hype so far. They're three they felt like a day Marat, Burkay, Bayutensel, and, and, and Jan Vade would all be like NBA players in the next two years. Yeah. And so far, they haven't even been good Pac-12 players. Huh. Oh, well, when you look at the two teams in L.A., UCLA and USC, both teams have kind of struggled to start the season. When you kind of compare these two teams, what team are you more concerned about and which team do you think can maybe turn things around once we get to Pac-12 play and later in the season? It's tricky. I think I'd probably trust USC a little bit more just mm-hmm. because I, I do believe they have really good guards. Yeah. But I think they're still figuring out how, how to play with one another. But you know, when you have as much backcourt talent as they have, I mean, they have a first-round pick in Isaiah Collier, a potential mm-hmm. NBA player in Kobe Johnson, a veteran in Boogie Ellis who was all Pac-12 last year. You add Bronny to the mix. Like They have a tremendous, tremendous backcourt, and I think that'll help them find the way. I do trust Cronin to, like, one of those kind of hell or high water guys like somehow he's going to to figure out a way of of getting this thing on track in some form but I think the talent level just looks much lower than you would expect at UCLA right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking uh, to Kevin Sweeney uh, on college basketball. He joins us every single week from CBB Central and Sports Illustrated. We've got uh, a loaded slate of games tonight, uh, but also tomorrow night an interesting game. Kentucky and Louisville, both, uh, both of these teams are very interesting in their own ways. Kentucky, um, I think, is a very fun team this year, and really you know, when you talk about UCLA and some of their young players and kind of a young team. Um, Kentucky, three of their top five scorers right now are freshmen, and they've got some older guys in there that are certainly leading the way, but they, they've gotten a lot of production from their young guys over the weekend. They beat North Carolina. What have you seen from this Kentucky team that might be different from some of the previous Kentucky teams we've seen over the last couple of years? Just just having multiple ball handlers, yeah. multiple guys that you, you're scared of on the floor at any given time. I mean, they have been so traditional in the past. A lot of two big looks. If nothing else, bigger wings, more physical wings. This year, you know, they haven't taken a huge step back defensively because they have versatile pieces. Mm-hmm. But I think there's been an understanding like, hey, we have to let these guys who can create offense on the floor. Yeah. Whether that's Dillingham, whether that's Reed Shepard, whether that's DJ Wagner, whether that's Antonio Reeves, who's a veteran. And they have multiple guys on the floor at any given time who can create for themselves and that's really valuable it's not something you see a lot in college basketball um and it's made them one of the most exciting dynamic teams to watch in the sport i've got to be careful saying how fun i think kentucky is in memphis you know kentucky and john calipari kind of a sore subject uh still here in memphis so i got to be careful um but on the other side of tomorrow night's game louisville um a week ago when we talked to you we did not 
talk about Louisville, and that was um, one of the more eventful days um, of Louisville's season. Um, earlier in that day, Karan Davis, um, a, a statement had gone out saying that he was intending to transfer, and then uh, he went out on social media and said, I don't want to transfer. I like playing here. I never wish to transfer. And then they had to later go out and say that he was actually dismissed from the team, but they wanted to give him a soft landing and not have the headlines that he had been dismissed from the program. And then later that night, they go out uh, on their home court and lose to Arkansas State. Um, they bounce back over the weekend, beat Pepperdine um, pretty easily. But but what did you make of, of really everything from start to finish that happened last weekend at Louisville? I mean, it's just self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it any better than that. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Payne has made a lot of mistakes on the basketball court, there's been a lot of things that haven't necessarily even been in his control that haven't gone well, but he continually digs the hole deeper and deeper by some of the ways he handles things in public. There's that comment. There's the, you know, I got tricked by Mike Woodson's own comment yeah. that Tyler Johnson didn't oh, have geez. the types so he didn't want to play. Like, like you just go down the list. I mean, that's, 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 that's a month. Like we've covered a month of time. And he has had like three complete Jeez. foot and mouth moments. You just can't have it. And mm. I, I think everyone knows where this is headed. The question is, is 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 when? When is the move made? Mm. Is it is it right after Kentucky when you know Kentucky fans take over that gym? Is it in January? Is it in February? I, I have there's zero chance he's the coach on March fifteenth. It's really just a matter of you know. What, at what point do they decide to pull the plug? Yeah, well, it was, it was really a, a sad scene uh, last Wednesday when you know I'm sitting there watching them get beat on their home court against Arkansas State in front of literally nobody. I mean, there was maybe a couple hundred people still around towards the end of that second half, and everyone's just booing Louisville as as the final seconds tick off. I mean, I was just sitting there like, where has this program gone? It's it's unbelievable. What do you think, though? I mean, when do you think they pull the plug on them? I, I think it will be shortly after Christmas. Mm. I think I think there's they have enough of a window. They don't play again until January third, I believe, after the Kentucky game. That's enough time to establish a new a new head co- a new interim coach. The biggest challenge, honestly, there from what I've been told by my sources is they're just not sure like who's coaching the team the rest of the year. Right. There isn't a guy on staff that they're. 100% on. There's some some discussion of Danny Manning. He's yeah. there already. He doesn't seemingly want to that responsibility. Nolan Smith hanging around. Is he up to the task? Is there someone outside the program, which you know, obviously a very rare instance, but something that might happen here. So I, I think that's one of the reasons he, he is coaching into into this game against Kentucky. Is They're just not sure what, what's gained, and they don't know who's going to take the reins if, if they do dismiss Kenny today. Wow. Um, the uh, One of the headlines I saw today, uh, Oregon State and Washington State have agreed to join the WCC in all WCC sports except for baseball, meaning uh, that starting next year, Oregon State and Washington State will be playing WCC basketball with St. Mary's, with Gonzaga. Um, what did you make uh, of that news this morning? Uh, interesting stuff. Um, I think surprising and that a lot of people had kind of pegged him for the Mountain West. I don't mm-hmm. think either is overly impactful on the men's basketball front. You know, potentially, I think both programs have the potential to be, you know, top tier programs in, in the WCC, at least behind Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's, who, yeah. you know, asserted themselves as a tier above. I'm just kind of curious the, the chess moves that, mm-hmm. that come with this, right? Is this 
is this the WCC trying to protect itself in the case that Gonzaga could leave uh, and go to the Big 12, which has always been rumored? Is this, you know, the Mountain West not wanting some of the some of these Washington State, Oregon State games in this basketball conference? Happy with the current football arrangement? I don't really know. I think we're still kind of trying to feel that out. Um, it's nice that those schools have a home and at least have mm-hmm. a path to an automatic NCAA tournament bid. Um, but but neither has really been all that impactful on the, the year-to-year in college basketball lately. Yeah, we got a loaded slate tonight in college basketball on ESPN. Uh, number 10, Baylor, uh, versus number 21, Duke, to start it off. After that, you've got uh, North Carolina, 11th-ranked North Carolina, uh, and 7th-ranked Oklahoma. And then to end the night, Alabama um, at number 4, Arizona. That first game, Baylor-Duke, um, is really interesting. How do you think that one plays out tonight? Yeah, I, I was surprised to see Duke favored because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, you know, I've really been a big believer in Baylor throughout this year. I will say, you know, they got punched in the mouth over the weekend by Michigan State. That was a desperate Michigan State. Yeah. And I, I I wonder if you're getting the same thing with Duke here, right? Like, this is a team that has struggled a little bit, has not lived up to expectations, last big opportunity in non-conference play to get a big win. Do they get Duke's best shot? You know, I certain I certainly think Baylor will. The question is, is Baylor more ready to play? And I think they they certainly will be after getting beat by twenty. It should be a lot of fun, a lot of great guard play on the floor. Yeah, uh, tons of talent to to two really good coaches. So I'm I'm excited about it. The nightcap, uh, Arizona and Alabama. Arizona coming off their first loss of the season over the weekend against Purdue, a game that was played exclusively on Peacock, which I know a lot of people um, weren't big fans of. How do you think they bounce back tonight against an Alabama team that I think, um, you know, when you talk about a team like Duke that hasn't really performed up to their expectation levels, I think Alabama could be in that same category of teams that have kind of started off slow. They're six and four right now. What do you expect in that one? A lot of points. I mean, to, yeah. to, to be fair, I mean this this thing is going to be incredibly high scoring. Two teams that can really fill it up, and an Alabama team in particular does not play much defense. I mean, mm-hmm. that has been the, the primary concern with them throughout this year is that you know Nato's has just not been able to get through to them on that side of the ball, and I, I, it's not super surprising. I mean, he's had four years at Alabama before this. The two years they were elite defensively, they won the NCAA championship. Mm-hmm. The two years they weren't, they were a bubble team. And I think that's kind of what, where this team is trending. I will say they played a very tough schedule, right? Yeah. Their losses are Ohio State, uh, a very good Clemson team, uh, Purdue on a neutral, and then at Creighton over the weekend. Yeah. They've been in all of those games down mm-hmm. to the wire. So they're very talented offensively. They'll give Arizona a lot to handle, but I just think Arizona a little bit deeper, a little bit more talented, and finds a way to bounce back. I, I, I was impressed with how they battled against Purdue over the weekend. Uh, I was in Indy. They could have they could have rolled over when they were down, I think, 16 in the second half, made of the game, really competed, and certainly believe that that's, a, that's an Arizona team that could, could play it all the way into into April this year. Yeah, that's going to be a, a fun one to, to finish off the slate tonight. Well, uh, Kevin, before we let you go, we love kind of keeping up here and where you're going. Uh, you got any plans to, to see some college basketball live this week? Yeah, so I'm back in upstate New York for the, uh, for the holidays, so... Uh, gonna get 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 through the Northeast a little bit over the mm-hmm. weekend. I'm gonna do a double header. I'm gonna drive to Providence, go to Providence Butler, and then that that's a, like a noon game. And then yeah. that night, drive from Providence to Yukon, go to Yukon St. John's, and drive home. So it'll be a, be a long day, fun day, but. Uh, Good Big East ball. Put my John Fanta cap on and see yeah. what I can do. That would be a, a lot <laughs> of fun. Well, Kevin, uh, please be safe in all of your travels, uh, and thanks so much for joining us. Merry Christmas, uh, and we will do this again next week.
Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Kevin Sweeney joining us every single week to talk college basketball. Honestly, uh, does a tremendous job covering he does. college he basketball. Really does. I mean, uh, one of the best. Um, great follow on Twitter as well. I refuse to call it X, um, Johnny, just in case. Me too. Curious. I don't even call it X. I don't call it X. Uh, I know there's a lot of people I've heard that are like really, um, like they have like made it a point that they're going to call it X. Really? Every time they, because it's it's X. That's the name of it. It's X. They're gonna call it X now. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I open it up. It looks like Twitter. It's the exact same thing. I'm gonna call it Twitter. Me Sorry. too. And I actually heard the other day someone said Elon Musk is actually mad that people, you know, because he now owns X, I guess. But he's mad people won't call it X. That people are still calling it Twitter. Um, and but that's where everybody uh, Twitter. Seen I it. I found myself when I'm like trying to get on Twitter fast, and I like go to search Twitter. I'll type in Twitter instead of X, and nothing will come up. I'm like, where's Twitter? Where's Twitter? I can't find it. Uh, but no, Kevin Sweeney, a great follow on Twitter. He's always so much fun to talk to um, every single week. Go check him out um, on Twitter. Um, and uh, He's got an exciting weekend planned. It's going to be a fun weekend for him. Um, and He loves going to these college basketball games. And wish I could. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was going to, to uh, up to the Northeast and going to go see Providence and UConn. That'd be a lot of fun. It would be. It would be. What if you had? If you could choose one college basketball team to go see this year, who would it be? Outside of Memphis, oh, who would it be uh, this year? Duke. Duke? I'd like to see Duke. I I want to experience the. I want to experience it, man. I want fun. That'd be fun. I I love Duke. I I. I like Duke. I, I don't love Duke, but like I, I, you probably remember a couple of weeks ago, me and me and Brett were talking about yeah. it. Like I don't, I don't understand the like Duke hatred by everybody. Me, me either. Um, I grew up and Duke had the best players every they single did. year, and so as a kid, I always liked watching Duke because they were fun to watch. You know, Kyrie Irving out there, Jason Tatum out there. They have I mean, a lot of great players. You know, who they're play they're a fun team to, to watch. Um, I would probably ch- uh, choose the the team playing later tonight, Arizona. Oh man, that Team's that'd fun. be amazing. That'd be Team's that'd be fun. fun. Um, so it, it's a really good slate tonight um, in college basketball. That triple header I mentioned later tonight. It starts um, in about thirty minutes, six o'clock. Duke and Baylor. That's a top twenty-five battle. Uh, another top twenty-five matchup at eight o'clock. North Carolina and Oklahoma. That really eight o'clock window is going to be really really good. Um, I'll throw in seven thirty as well. Northwestern Arizona State um, on ESPN two at seven thirty. Eight o'clock. North Carolina, Oklahoma, Villanova, Creighton on FS1, and Jackson State, Gonzaga on ESPN Plus, and then to finish everything off, 10 o'clock tonight, Alabama and Arizona, fourth-ranked Arizona on ESPN. So it's going to be a fun night of basketball. There's some other games that I think are interesting, uh, but I won't bore everybody with the uh, you know mid-major games and uh, and low-major, if that's even a thing. Um, it's, I guess it's low major, but I like it all. Man. I, I love it all, and I'll, I'll be watching. Like tonight, I'm gonna be watching uh, Arkansas State and Belmont. That's one game I'm excited to watch. I won't be tuning um, into that, but six thirty tonight on ESPN Plus. If anybody else wants to join me in that one, I won't. No, but I but Brian, so. you got some though. It's good. It's a good pick. Thank Decent. you. Decent pick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but before we get to a break, i got to tell you about Hewlett and Dunn. They're with us every afternoon at 5 o'clock, our 5 o'clock sponsor. Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean, on this Stork Square in Carterville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife, Laura. They own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. you got to make your way over there now. We're only a couple of days away for Christmas. You can get all your Christmas shopping done at Hewlett 
it and done. They've got Western wear, but they've also got a ton of boot options, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women. And they've got so many different types of clothing options. They've got you covered with jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. And if you're in the need for accessories, they've got it. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback, cool hats you can think of. Whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got it. And if you're heading somewhere for the holidays, um, their bag selection is top notch. you got to get out there. I mean, you can buy everybody in your family Christmas presents at Hewlett and Dunn. Go on to their website, HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Collierville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's get to a break. Uh, When we come back, we're talking about what trending it's all going to be about national signing day what the tigers did today what some of the other top programs in the country did on national signing day that'll be next on sports time join the voice of the tigers dave woloshin for wolo and friends weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. back into sports time. Bryant and Johnny with you, and we got a little less than 30 minutes left in today's show. We got to talk about what's trending and what's trending today. It's National Signing yes, Day for uh, mainly college football. Football is what everyone uh, is talking about. Excuse me. Uh, and the Tigers uh, have really made a splash today. A really impressive uh, day today, National Signing Day. I was trying to keep track with all of them. Man. It was just too much to keep up with. Um, <laughs> so shout out to everybody on Twitter. Um, Jonah Dillon, who we talk to every Monday. Um, Brian Moss, who works for Rivals. For helping me keep track with everything, um, especially over these last two and a half hours while we've been doing a show, um, because it's kind of hard to keep up with. Uh, let's go... Um, Talk about what they did today. Let's start with transfers. Transfers kind of run college football now. Um, We'll just go down the list of guys they got in the transfer portal. A.J. Watts, a DB from UL Monroe. Joshua Sloan, a punter from UTEP. Jaden Dennis, a defensive back from Elon. Uh, Cortland Marsh, a defensive back from Samford. Matt Hudson, a linebacker from Harvard. How about that? How about that? Javante Mackey, a linebacker, defensive end from Arkansas State. He, uh, I believe, was born in Chicago, but moved here, played high school ball um, at Whitehaven, really? I believe, before going to Arkansas State. Uh, Jaden Fla- uh, Flacker, a linebacker from NC Central. NC Central was a really good FCS team um, this season. Brett Caru, um, a defensive end from Oklahoma Baptist. P.J. Lucas, a defensive tackle from Indiana. Uh, Kidrell Lewis, an offensive lineman from uh, UL, uh, UL Monroe. Okay. 
Isaiah Reed, an offensive lineman from Louisville. Okay. Trent Holler, an offensive lineman from Marshall. Caden okay. Costa, a kicker from Ole Miss. He was their backup kicker. Really? Um, is what Brett was telling me last year. I don't remember. I was telling Brett I didn't remember him um, being their starter last year. Uh, Mario Anderson, kind of the big fish they got. Um, the running back from South Carolina. That's, that's a big pickup. And then today, uh, Jair Shorter, a wide receiver from Auburn, committed and signed with the University of Memphis. So some massive pickups. The biggest, obviously, um, being a defensive tackle from Indiana, an offensive lineman from Louisville, um, a running back from South Carolina, and a wide receiver from Auburn. Um, those are huge. Those are that- those are big time uh, gets for the for the Memphis Tigers. I saw. I mentioned it earlier. Rivals, which I'll be honest. Yeah. And um, I'm not partial. I used to be partial to a specific recruiting service, but I'm not anymore. I don't work for anybody. I don't really, um, you know, spend a ton of time on any of the recruiting sites anymore. Um, Rivals, the Memphis Rivals team does a fantastic job. I I think they all do a good job. We have a 247 page in Memphis. They do a good job. 247. Um, uh, I don't think we have an on three site here uh, on three is fairly new i don't know um, i don't think we have one um but rivals today has done a great job Ryan yes, Wallace has done a really they good have. job today um keeping everything updated uh and he said uh, he showed and if you go into rivals you can see it it might it might be updated now as the day's gone on this was obviously before we started our show that i was looking at it uh, memphis had the number 12 transfer portal class in the entire country Johnny. it was a it was a big day for memphis and i was looking more on twitter they had 35 people. They yeah. posted in the last hour. 35 mm-hmm. people all signed. 35 committed. signings. Yeah, that's 35. that's that's big. That's, that's huge. really big. Yeah. So, but but transfers are definitely huge. Let's get over to, to some of the other guys. High school and JUCO. JUCO picked up a pair um, of JUCO offensive linemen. Actually, three JUCO offensive linemen. A JUCO defensive tackle and a JUCO defensive back. Out of high school, some of the ones that stand out to me, we had a couple of local guys commit today. Jordan Bell, a three-star athlete is what he's listed at. He played, I believe, both sides of the ball at Munford uh, the past couple of seasons. He's their quarterback at Munford. I think he played defensive back as well, but come uh, coming in as an athlete. Um, and then also Cavion uh, uh, Benton who uh, a defensive lineman, a three-star defensive lineman from Southwind, um, I believe uh, played a couple of years at Houston, if I remember, um, and had a bunch of offers um, when he, or was getting a lot of interest from places when he was at uh, Houston. But the biggest one today, um, the big-time commitment and signing today out of high school, Keande Henry, a four-star wide receiver who committed and signed, flipped from Purdue, has committed and signed to the University of Memphis, and that's big a big pickup. Pick big pickup for Ryan Silverfield. Huge day, honestly. It, it's a, it's a great day, real great day. And man, Seth Hennigan got some weapons, man. Well, here's additional the thing. weapons. Here's the thing. Um, great point by you because Seth Hennigan won, but I also remember when Mario Anderson committed to Memphis um, last week, and there were a lot of people talking. I, I believe we got a couple of texters that texted in and said. Well, he's not going to, you know, he had over 700 yards at South Carolina last year as their featured back. He won't get close to 700 yards if Memphis doesn't do something to their offensive line, 
Which is, a, you know, good point. Yeah, they lost a, a point. lot. They've lost a lot um, at offensive line. But you go out there and already, and there's still a lot of time. There's still guys in the portal. There's still time to, to get more commits um, and more transfers. But you go out, you get an offensive lineman from Marshall. You get an offensive lineman from Louisville. You get an offensive lineman from UL Monroe. You get three JUCO offensive linemen. And they got uh, Cameron, uh, Cameron Pascal. Pascalo, Pascal, yeah, Pascal. He from Northwest Community yes, College, he is. and that's a real big pickup. Mm-hmm. If you see the pipeline of Northwest yeah. people going to Memphis, man, and Davion Carter, he mm-hmm. did ex- excellent here. So Cameron come from that pipeline, and yeah. he, the reason he said he committed here is because of that great relationship with mm-hmm. Coach Silverfield. So you know. He he can recruit off. Of, he can he can do it, man. Yeah, he, that's a good pipeline of Northwest O line coming so, down here. So that's huge. I mean, you you've got some now some some pieces that you can work with on the offensive line. You go out um, and you get that big fish running back to to kind of replace Blake Watson, who was unbelievable this yes. season. But then you go out and uh, you know I I really like the wide receiver group that Memphis had this year. Yeah, but if we're being honest, if you went through you know distribution percentage, there were two maybe three guys that were getting the bulk of the you know receptions yeah um and and you go out there and you get a a wide receiver from from Auburn you get a four-star wide receiver that can you know maybe give you something as a true freshman but can certainly you know sit and learn and and um you know develop so I think a huge day for the Tigers a yeah. huge class coming in and obviously this is only the start this is the first um signing day of the cycle there'll be another one in February so it's just the start um, but your 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 guy Ryan Silverfield, uh, yeah, our head coach at the university, our head coach. Um, he's he's a funny guy, man. He, he is. He, he says some things during. I mean, what what did he say when he was he was all frustrated um, at the end of the season? And he was like, uh, you know, there's some people that will boo Santa or something like that. When yeah, he about, did. Uh, yeah, yeah, talking about yeah. the the fan base. Um, <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, or, uh, this Jonah Dillon, they obviously, you know, at the end of a, a signing day, uh, the, all the coaches have press conferences. And, you know, the first time they can actually talk about these guys because, you know, for so long, even transfers, you know, they you can't, can't, talk, about can't talk about them until they officially sign. And so these coaches go out and they talk. And um, talking about Mario Anderson, um, you know, competing against Blue Bud programs, he said, you, you keep swinging until somebody tells you no. And that is the mindset I like um, about. I remember, um, you know, that that's a, a mindset that I love for coaches to have when you're at a program that is, you know, considered group of five or mid-major, you know, a, a program that isn't the power five. You know, when you're going out there and trying to find players and trying to get yeah. players to come your way. I remember um, Kirk Jackson, who was the baseball coach for Memphis for – what, only one year, two years, two years, I think? Yeah. I don't remember how long he was here. Uh, I love the hire. Great hire. Um, he's now at Missouri, which is um, where he uh, played at and coached at for a while. Um, but he came in his first uh, you know, introductory press conference. He said, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to target the best players I see. And I don't care if they have offers from the top baseball programs in the country. They are going to have to tell me no. I'm going to make these players. I'm going to make these transfers. You're going to have to tell me no. 
for me to stop coming after you. There is nothing to me that says this player is too high, this player is too good to be at this program. And I love that mindset. I would come in here daily and talk about this is the right mindset you have to have. That's, that's and a, Ryan Silverfield has that same mindset. He do. And one thing about uh, Ryan Silverfield and the Memphis Tigers, this is what you know. We produ- They produce running backs. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. That, that is one thing you can guarantee. And as an offensive lineman, you will get the most most needed credit mm-hmm. at, that you would get because proof is in the pudding. Calvin Austin, mm-hmm. Dylan Parham, Blake Watson. Yep. Uh, the list go on and on with the running backs, Brian. You you uh-huh. seen Antonio? Oh, yeah, Antonio well, that's Gibson. what Mario Anderson said. I mean, Come he on. I guess he didn't say it because they haven't really talked to him yet. But his um, you know now with NIL and everything, you can have you know I don't want to call them agents, but basically you have people that can handle all your stuff. And um, this agency posted and made a post that was basically like look at all of the history of running backs that have had success at Memphis and are now, you know, in the NFL and he wanted to be a part of that and feels like that he can be the next back that goes and shows out and then gets a look at, you know, from the from the NFL. This was another uh, quote from Ryan Silverfield today um, talking about uh, competing against power conference schools for recruits. Quote, you go to prom and you're not and you're not going to get the prom queen unless you ask. It only takes one to say yes. <laughs> Great comment. So uh, that is uh, that's what what Coach Silverfield had to say. He also talked about um, Jordan Bell, who I mentioned, uh, one of the local guys. Um, Johnny, I, w- I was talking to you about him uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. He um, is friends with one of one of my really good uh, best friends, and so uh, I, I got to meet him at uh, one of the Memphis games earlier this season. I think yeah. uh, when they were playing Boise State, he was on an unofficial visit, um, and he came over and was you know talking to my friend and, and sat down, and me and him started talking. And um, you know, I'd seen him play uh, uh, Jay Morgan Harder, who used to work here. He did color commentary for Munford football really and yeah and uh, so I would watch a lot of their games when I when I could and an, an electric athlete I mean a, a, an unbelievable athlete had offers from uh, Virginia a couple other schools I know he took an official visit to Virginia took a visit to Memphis I think those were his um, top two schools that he put on Twitter but we talked a lot about you know you know I was trying to you know I was curious of what was going into his decision and stuff and today Ryan Soferfield uh, able to talk about him um, called Jordan Bell probably Probably one of the most talented players in the city of Memphis at any position. And, Whoa, and Johnny, that's, I, a, that's a big statement. That's a huge that's statement. A, that's a big and, statement. And Johnny, I don't know if you keep up much with Memphis area high school players, but there are some pretty good players. I mean, there's a quarterback at Collierville that's going to Missouri. There's a defensive lineman um, at uh, at at Germantown that's going to oh he was down to Louisville or Purdue I don't remember right maybe Purdue is who but he that must still up some, with that's two um, great offers they've right got there. another Germantown another guy that was going to uh, to North Carolina that's I think big. there's a Mississippi State commit uh, playing at Lausanne maybe um so there's some really good players and so Ryan Silva obviously a coach is gonna say you know talk very highly of a guy yeah that but just that's committed. a big statement um, but I think he's right Jordan Bell is a, is an electric athlete I'm really excited um to see he can be what the future he can because do. He, uh, he, Seth got one more year. Yeah, he definitely can be the future. Quickly, we need to get to a break. Um, I, I wanted to bounce around and talk about some of these other colleges. I didn't think we would um, talk this much, but it's a great it, – it's really been a big day um, for the Tigers. Looking at some of the other players that um, – 
that left Memphis, transferred out of Memphis. Davian Carter is transferring to Texas Tech. McKylan Pounders is going to Mississippi State. Yep. Uh, and last night made it official, Tevin Carter is transferring to Tennessee State. Yes, he is. Which, uh, you know, that's a that's a good spot for him. That's I think. a good you know, spot. I think he, he, will, he will have an opportunity think to he start. Goes in and, yeah, I think he goes in and day one starter probably. Most um, likely, I feel like he can. Yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing nowadays with, with transfers. I mean, a lot of the times these guys are promised, hey, you come here and you're going to be the guy. our starter. And yep. so we'll see what happens. Georgia had the best class um, in terms of no high surprise. school players. Alabama right behind them at two, Miami three, Ohio State four, Oregon five, uh, Texas six, Auburn. We talked about them earlier. Um, they are at seventh, Oklahoma eight, Florida State nine, and rounding out the top ten is Notre Dame. Transfer portal um, is also big today. A lot of guys um, signing that are transfers and looking at um, the top transfer team. Right now, according to 247 Sports, Colorado is number one. Ole Miss was number one for a while, but Colorado has 16 commits um, out of the transfer portal. We know Dion's going to load up the transfer portal. loading up. But Ole Miss, but there's a guy out there, a somewhat local guy, um, that I think could land at Ole Miss. And uh, when he does that, uh, I think Ole Miss will be... Uh, number one, Louisville right behind them, and TCU, South Carolina rounds out the top five. So it's fun. I don't think National Signing Day is as big as it used to be when we would get all the hats and yeah, people would select over. it. Um, but it still is a lot of fun and very meaningful for uh, a lot of schools out there. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we're going to wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Johnny, what I learned today is that Brandon Clark could be close to a return. Mark Spears reported that Brandon Clark expects to return around the NBA All-Star break. Uh, This was out of his story from last night's game uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Quote, Brandon Clark told Anscape that he expects to make his season debut around the NBA All-Star break after being sidelined due to an Achilles injury. Um, And we saw earlier today there was a video that went around of him dunking and talking about rehab process. Huge when it's an Achilles. I mean, you can't jump on on an Achilles. So uh, also in that story by Mark Spears, uh, he said 
said that Smart and Ja have had conversations and that Smart wants to be a mentor to Ja as he returns uh, to the court. Uh, Smart told Anscape that he uh, had frank conversations with Morant and he wants to serve as a mentor. Uh, and he said, quote, we have sat down and talked. And I really had nothing about basketball, just about life. Just understand how blessed we are to be in this spot and to be able to provide and feed our families uh, and do it at the highest level and live out our dreams. Um, so, you know, it sounds like he wants yeah. to kind of be that rock for, for Ja that he can look to another guard in the league, an older, more experienced guard. So I, I really, really love seeing that. Me too, man. I really do like seeing that for Ja Morant and the Grizzlies as a whole, man. Yeah. That's, that's great news. What I learned today, man, that the Memphis Tigers, they are doing excellent in the transfer mm-hmm. portal. They're doing excellent on, on the signing day, man. 35 big recruits and good recruits, man. I feel like they got the right guys to come into their locker room yep. and the right guys to fit. So, man, that's always the best thing, man. Absolutely. Uh, what I could have done without uh, Jordan Seaton who is the uh, number one offensive tackle in the country, the number 13 player in the nation. Two weeks ago, he Mm -hmm. committed to Colorado. He was on Undisputed and said, quote, talking about other prospects, quote, you claim you're a dog. Why are you not coming to Colorado? Why are you not helping someone who looks like you? Mm. Strong. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Go out there and get other guys to commit. Yeah. You know he did today. You know what what happened today? What happened, Brian? People are saying he's going to go to Maryland. That's wild. Sounds like according to two four seven and uh, Inside MD Sports, uh, somebody named Jordan Seaton took a quiet official visit over the weekend to Maryland, and now all crystal balls are po- pointing to a decommitment to Colorado after he did not commit, or is excuse me, after he did not sign today. All signs are pointing to a decommitment um, and a signing to Maryland. So interesting. Talked big and bad about how everybody needs to be like him and commit to Dion. Now it sounds like he's going to Maryland. Yes, it is, man. It's That's crazy. But one thing I could have done without is George Pickens. I, I, I don't know if you've seen, Brian. He said he didn't want to finish on the block, man, because he didn't want to risk getting injured. And that play... Let them not get a touchdown, man. So isn't that kind of part of football? Is you kind of go in and you, you gotta know finish, every man. Play you gotta you finish. Could get injured. That's like all sports. I could get injured doing this. Yes, man. And it was just sad to see, man. That's something I could have dealt without. Interesting, interesting. Where are you beaming tonight, man? I am beaming to the Battle of New York, man. Okay, okay. The Brooklyn Nets versus the New York Nets. I like man. it. I, 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 like I I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm tuned into that, man. Honestly, this is going to be a little anticlimactic, but beam me to my couch and sit me in front of ESPN all night for this triple header we have: Duke, Baylor, okay, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and then Alabama, Arizona. I don't think I don't want to put too much stress on the beam machine and ask it to beam me to three different places tonight because I want to watch all of these games. But if I had to pick one. Say beam me to Duke and Baylor tonight. Oh, that's, that's going to be a good one. Great that's going to be a good one. Arizona and Alabama. I mean, all of these games are going to be so much fun. Yes, yes. It's a great day for college basketball. It really is. It's a good slate of college basketball games with those three big-time games. We've got uh, 10 NBA games tonight um, being headlined by that Battle of New York tonight. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Two games on NBA TV, T-Wolves and 76ers, Celtics at Kings. But that's all the time we have today in Enjoy your night. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.